0: Turn in your Bible this morning to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to read in verse 13. For the last three weeks or so, we've been talking about this series we've called The Church. And we could say it like this, it's not just a Sunday thing. How many know the church is not just a Sunday thing? Well, you know, I go to church and I go every once in a while and... No, we are the church. But with millions, that's all it is. It's about just a Sunday thing and, and, you know, not just hyping up Sunday. But even though we do, we... We think it's awesome that Sunday should be the main event. It's the the highlight of the week spiritually for us. That we come together, we celebrate the goodness of God. And the church, as we've seen, is very important to the Lord. What's more important to him than his church? Nothing. And him building up his church. Look here in 13, Matthew 16, 13. He says... Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elias, some, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You know, we started last week talking about the head of the church. Can you have the Father without the Son? The Bible says no. Can you get to the Father any other way? (coughs) Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. What if you don't believe in Jesus? Are you still okay with, with God? No, God has, has made it to where you come through the avenue of his Son. The Bible says he's the head of the church, and he's the way to the Father, and what you believe about him determines your eternity. That's why he said, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, Peter was the very first one to speak up. You know, it wasn't the only time he did that. You know, there was other times he spoke up and it, it was good. There were some times he, he spoke up and it wasn't good. He had what we call the foot in the mouth of disease. So you know, he was always, you know, getting in trouble with his words. <clears throat> he says though, on this particular occasion, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, when it comes to God, when it comes to Jesus, don't just be religious. Don't be just historical. Well, he was a good man. No, he's the son of the living God. He's, a, he's alive today at the right hand of the father. He lives in me. He guides me. He leads me. He's not just some historical figure. That lived in time. He lived. He died. He was raised from the dead. He paid for my sins. He purchased my salvation. With his very own blood. It's a living reality to me. And so. One of the things that we talked about last week. Was how. In the book of Colossians. There are people that. They begin to intrude into things that said. uh, Puffed up by their fleshly mind and they begin to worship angels. How many know that angels are not the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. You know, no matter if an angel appears to you, they are not greater than God. You know, here's how you tell a real angel. A real angel will not receive worship. You see that over and over in the Bible. Don't, no, don't worship, you know, worship God. And so I believe that many times the the church gets sidetracked in other issues that are not as important. Never emphasize anything more than you do the head. Look at what he says here. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter. Now Peter is a name, his name means rock. Like a rock that you can throw or you can carry. And upon this rock, now he's not talking about Peter. You know, Peter is not the one that we build the church upon. It's Jesus. But he says, you're Peter, a rock that you can carry. And upon this rock, which is another word, which means a rock, like the rock of Gibraltar. A rock, bedrock that goes down hundreds of feet. A rock that you're not moving at all. <laughs> and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. What is that? That's the rock of the revelation that Jesus is Christ, the Christ. The son of the living God. That's how he's going to build his church. On the fact that he's the son of the living God, the anointed one. And what did he go on to say? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many believe that Jesus meant what he said? The Amplified Bible, if I can find this real quick. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter, Greek Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Greek Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church in the gates of Hades. The powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. (laughs) You know, no matter what the, the powers of hell may try to do, they cannot stop the church. They cannot stop an individual that gives their life to Jesus. No matter if a hundred demons try to stop them and say, you know, you're not going any further. But if that person says, I see the truth, I I receive Jesus as my Lord. No devil can stop them from being born again. So he says here, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, the Bible tells us that Jesus purchased his his church with his own blood. Nothing is more important than this. You know, when you give your blood, you give your all, don't you? You know, it's like the chicken and the pig. You know, one of them gives an offering, the other gives his life. You know, you can lay an egg and say, well, I I give my all. But the pig, he gives bacon, he, he did give his all. (laughs) <laughs> so if it's number one with him in building his church what should be our number one priority as a believer building our company you know, just taking care of our family yeah. that shouldn't be our, our number one priority our number one priority God wants us to take care of our family God wants us to build our business but the number one thing is building his church I'm just going to build my retirement. You know, I've said this before, but people live their life like they're going to live down here forever. They get up, they do this, they they go to work, they come home, they feed the dog, read the paper again, and do that like they're going to do it forever. But you know, just a few more breaths, just a few more days, we're out of here. Maybe that's 40 years. Maybe that's 20 years. Maybe that's 50 years. Maybe that's Jesus coming back tomorrow. You know, if he comes back tomorrow, then that's fine with me. Then we're going to be ready for him. So our life down here is only a brief time. If you're a child of God, your main purpose in life is not just to enjoy life. How many know God wants us to enjoy life? I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. That's what John 10.10 says in the Amplified. Till it overflows. Not just a little squeak of a a little drop. You just see a little drop coming out of the faucet. No. Till it overflows. Overflowing life. But if you're a child of God, that's not just, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to enjoy life. Well, the way I'm going to enjoy life is I live to please Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and I tell you what, there's, there's nothing that you've ever done in serving God that you ever, you're not missing out on anything in this world. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, you're just messing up, missing out. Yeah, on pain and misery. A lot of Christians, you know, the, the theme of he haw is, is really like their doctrine. Pain and misery. You know, that's not the Christian life. That's not the the overcoming life. You know, the Bible tells us that one day there's going to be no more pain, no more crying, no more dying. There's not going to be another funeral. Not going to be another hearse going by. No more disabilities, no more crime. The Bible actually tells us that we're going to rest from our labors. That's why the Bible tells us work while it's day. The night time comes when no man can work. So you know, you know when the time is to get at it? It's right now. Well, when we all get to heaven, then we'll... No, right now is when you work. Yeah. This is where all the... See, God has left, left us all... He's left us a great work to do. And we have this great work with, with things that... You know, there's, there's things to overcome. And you know, he even left some, a few demons down here to practice on. Exercise authority over. So, so don't look at it just like the fight. Oh man, it's just a. No, in the scope of eternity, this is like a. Whoever, who, who cleaned their windshield this morning, maybe on their car, you, you turn on the water. Psst, psst. Well, that's about what your life is in the scope of eternity. It's just like a mist. Now, don't be in fear that you're going to miss out. But just get involved, you know, get, get into the place and just anchor in and just get hooked into the things of God. Amen. So we know the Lord's building His church. What's number one? He's building His church. <clears throat> Ephesians 2.20 tells us this, that we're built upon the foundation of the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So what is the church? You know we we've talked about this in the last few weeks but the church is the called together ones. The church is his body. The Bible tells us that the church is his bride. How many know the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation the marriage supper of the lamb? Well you have to have a if you want to have a marriage what do you have to have? A bride and a groom. We are the bride of Christ. There's coming a day where we're getting together, all God's children. And so we are his bride. The Bible also says that we are his house. Boy, the excitement is overwhelming, I tell you. We are the bride of Christ. We are the soon and very soon. Now, that's not just for me to, some people, they don't like teaching on the rapture and they they. Preach this nonsense and well, it, it happened in the. It, it was some doctrine that happened in the 1800s. You know, Thessalonians and Revelation is a long time before the 1800s. <clears throat> but people people use that to say, well, I'm not just an escapist. Well, I, I just don't believe that you know we're just supposed to just get out of here. Well, the Bible tells us that we we're supposed to occupy till He comes. But when He comes back, I'm not going to say, Lord, not just yet, Lord. How many know that his timing is perfect? And when, when the last stone is sealed into place and Jesus comes back, then it's time for us to go. And that's just the beginning of, of our life for, the, for eternity. So we know he's building his house. The Bible tells us that we're placed in the body where it pleased him. His house, his temple, his church. Here's the thing that's amazing. Nothing is more important than this church. The Bible talks about how the heavens and the earth will pass away. The the elements will melt with a fervent heat. But there's also going to be a new heaven and new earth. And guess who's going to be there? The church. The church. How important is the church to him? I want you to look over in Hebrews chapter 3. I want you to get excited today because this is is your future. And and we don't want anyone missing out. Hebrews 3, verse 3. For this man, talking about Jesus, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who hath builded the house. (laughs) What's, What's God doing? He's building the house hath more honor than the house. Who do you think has more honor? The person who built who you think what you build has more honor or what the person who builds it? The person who built it. Why? Because they made it. You know the Bible talks about those that worship the creation more than the creator. We should worship the creator more than the creation. He says, for every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Look in verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So, you know, we say that many times when we say, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Well, actually, we are the house of the Lord. That's what here it says in Hebrews 3, 6. Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we? Say, I'm the house of God. I'm the house of God. <laughs> We're the house. So I want to begin to, as you turn to 1 Corinthians 3, I want to begin to share this morning about the increase of the church. The increase of the church. How many know that God wants the increase come, which is his church. God wants to populate heaven more, increase heaven and decrease hell. So when we're talking about the increase of God, don't just think it monetarily. That's, that's going to be a big part of it. Because if you, if you want to increase, you need the funds to increase. But get the big picture, the increase in the church. God wants to add people to his, his family. God's got a big family already, Amen. but he wants to add many more. Yeah. And when we talk about building the church, building is synonymous with increase. So when we talk about him building his house, we're talking about increase. Yeah. The Lord actually loves his church. He's building the church. And on the contrary, what is the devil's main objective? Destroy the church divide the church, divide and conquer. What do we see over in the book of Acts chapter 9, 8 and 9? We see a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. The Bible says that he went to receive letters to go to the church to arrest Christians. Now you're talking about someone hell bent. Here he was, he felt that was his mandate. I'm going to destroy the church. I'm going to get letters from the high priest, from religious people. Don't think that, that everyone that goes to church is nice. They might be mean as a junkyard dog. <laughs> but look over here, First Corinthians three, verse two: God wants his church to increase. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2 says, I have fed you with milk. (laughs) Look at verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. What's he saying? You're not full grown, you're still a baby. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. Do you remember what Paul said in Hebrews? He said, for the time that you should be teachers, you still need the the milk of the word. You should be out helping other people, but you still need the bottle. The the church has been full, the the spiritual nursery has been full for way too long and people need to grow in the things of God. How do we grow? By the word, by being built up. Notice verse three, he says, for you are yet carnal. Now, that word carnal just means body ruled. And let me say this. uh, The way that you, you know how you you get out of carnality? You grow out of it. How do you grow up physically? You grow. You grow out of it. You give yourself the good nourishment. You give yourself time, sleep. What's going to happen? You're going to grow. It's just a natural process. You know, with the, the little dog we just got. He's grown enormously in three weeks when you look back at it. There's nothing magic. I didn't just I didn't have to fast and pray. I didn't have to lay hands on him. I didn't have to deal with the devil. We just give him Perina puppy chow and water and time and what's gonna happen? He's gonna grow. Same thing spiritually. As we, we, as we practice the word, feed on the word, and, and be, become a doer of it, we're going to grow and grow out of carnality. So he tells him, he says, You're yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife, what's the sign of a baby spiritually? Strife and envy and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men or some translations say mere men, those that are not even saved. And so he goes on to say, for while one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So we know the enemy wants to divide people, but the Bible says that we are called together. That's why he warned us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but evermore as we see the day approaching. So we're here to come together, to build together, and not allow the devil to tear it up. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into building the church. I'm not going to let some devil destroy it. (laughs) Our pastor tells a story that that many years ago, he, in the last year or so of his life, he got to know Brother John Osteen really well. And and Brother Osteen, if you ever knew him, he was a card. And um, I didn't know him personally, but just, you know, listening to him and seeing him preach. But he said the secret, and he built Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, which is they have 40,000 members. That's not too shabby, you know. And he said that he told uh, our pastor, said, the key to building a church is to run off every devil. And I don't mean devil. Well, he knew he was talking about people. You know, we, we welcome people, but if people make a decision that they're going to sow strife and they're going to do those things, then there's other places that we can recommend down the road. Why? Because we, this is a no strife zone. We've said this, this is a zone of extreme blessing, this church. But it's also a no strife zone. Why? Because a house divided against itself cannot stand. And that's what the enemy wants to do. But God's will is increase. Look in verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So what's he saying here? Paul said, I planted. If you haven't heard truth before, then you're planting. And when you get that word in you, it's planted on the inside of you. If you have heard and you're reminding someone of it and you hear teaching, then that's watering the seed. So if you hear it today, don't, don't never have the attitude like, well, you know, I've heard that before. No, you're being watered today. A plant never says, well, you know what? I had one initial watering I don't need anymore. Then you're going to die. But you need watering, constant watering, and that's what the church needs. I've planted Apollo's water, he he began to teach, but God gave the increase. God gives the increase. You know, that's another word for prosperity. That's another word for abundance. You know what that means? That means to succeed in reaching. The Bible tells us, Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. We read that this morning, right? Yeah. If it's good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, then it had to increase to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something the enemy fights more than anything else. Yeah. You can mention these things in church and people, they get turned off. Why? Because they have supernatural help from the enemy to help them misunderstand. They have supernatural help to get offended. They have supernatural help to, to, to turn off their ears. Yeah. Why? Don't talk about money. Money's not important. Why do you need all that? And here's the bottom line. Here's the punchline. If the enemy can stop the increase, he can stop the building If he can stop the increase of something, he can stop the building. If you've ever read the account of Nehemiah, what did the Tobiah, Sadballot, these three guys, they come up and it said they tried to stop him. Why don't you come down here and talk to us? He said, no, I'm busy about the work. I got to keep building. Why? Because if you can... If you if you keep increasing, that wall kept going higher, didn't it? Increasing and increasing, increasing. That wall of Jerusalem. What happened? It was being built up. What if you could quit the increasing of that wall? Then they can come and stop it. They can knock it over if it's not high enough. What, what if you stop the church from increasing? What if you, you keep people from being saved? Then the building of the church is not going to be complete. But God has a plan. And that's for him to build the church. Why does the devil hate increase so much? Why make such a big deal about it? (laughs) You know, people get really mad about these things. And the reason why is because, why does the devil make such a big deal about it? Because it's intertwined with the building of the church. The building. What is the devil afraid of more than anything else? The building of the church. I'm not just talking about a church building. But if you get enough of the building of the church, then you need church buildings. (laughs) And you need uh, bigger parking lots. And you need this and that because of the increase. Say this with me. God gives the increase. increase. Now, a lot of times people just say, well, that's just spiritual. But you can't really separate the two. You can have spiritual increase and when you have spiritual increase, what's going to happen? You're going to have that manifested on the outside as well. But it always starts on the inside. That's the way everything starts. You know, people read scriptures and say, well, that's just physical, that's just spiritual healing. You know, there's no such thing as spiritual healing in the Bible. That no, we just shot down a religious cow just there. <laughs> I just heard it moo in the background. The Bible talks about our spirits being born again, never healed. If you need any healing, people say, well, I need inner healing. That's really a misnomer. What, they, what people need is mind renewal, which actually heals and restores their soul. He says, "I'm going to restore your soul." What does that mean? Just like you take an old chair and you take it from something that was the state where it is now, till you, you put it back into an original state. You restore it. What does God want to do? He wants to restore our soul. So it all starts on the inside, doesn't it? 3 John 2 tells us this. Beloved, I wish and I pray above all things. Now that's a big statement. I wish and pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. People read that and say, well, you know, God wants, he's more interested in your soul prospering, but he didn't say that. He said, even as your soul prospers, in the same way because of your soul prospering, you're going to prosper on the outside. I wish and pray above all things you may prosper and be in health. You know, for people that, that criticize this and, and say, well, that's just the, that's just health and wealth. Who are you talking about when you say stuff like that? You're talking about the head of the church. Yeah. And while people mock it, I'm going to have it. Yeah. While while the devil mocks it, the church is going to increase. Now, we know we're not supposed to love money. We know we're not supposed to be covetous. But what are we talking about? We're talking about the building of the church. You, You have to, people have to grow in these things and increase. It's not just going to happen by osmosis. You have to talk about this and get people their faith in that area. Can you say amen? So he's interested in building the church. People say, well, you shouldn't be interested in talking about these things. You should just be talking talking about souls. What are we talking about then? We're talking about souls. What if we didn't have enough money to move in this building? We wouldn't be here. It wasn't a trick question. <laughs> If the local church is to increase, then the people in the congregation must increase. The people in the congregation must be raised up. So if we're increased, the church increases. What does that mean? The church is going to have impact in the nation. The church is going to be having impact in a community. And we take that increase to build the church. That's why the Bible says God gives the increase. What's God's will for your life? Is it decrease or increase? You know, people believe that except when they get in church. Somehow there's some like pseudo-spiritual like something wrong with that, you know, like. You know, you just can't have that. But people will go out tomorrow and work silly to to, to get money, right? To increase. Well, who gives the increase? The Lord does. So if God's will is being done, the church is being built. And I believe that there's no, just um, no, it's not any reason for it I believe it was, it was, it wasn't just happenstance, but it was God's will that he led us to speak about this at this time. As we moved into this building, the Lord led me to talk about these things about the church. Why? Because, yes, we're not a building. And I I get tired of hearing that spiritual mumbo jumbo. Well, the, the church is not a building. No duh. But the church needs to come together. The church needs to come together. The church needs to pray together and and worship together and give together and be together. You know, when we get to heaven, the church is going to be there, but there's still going to be a place where we'll be. We're just not going to be like in a desert. You know, a building doesn't matter. It doesn't. But it's important to be have a place where God's people can meet together. Can you say amen? amen. Look over in 1 Corinthians where we just worked. Let's keep reading. Everyone doing okay today? Yeah. Now he that planteth, verse 8, and he that watereth are one. So, So if someone teaches or someone waters, it doesn't make either one of them better than the other. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Another word for that husbandry is garden. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds of their own. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work or what sort it is. Do you know one day that when we stand before the Lord, the fire is gonna, that's what's gonna happen. All of our works are going to be put under the fire. And that which is of him will be remaining. That which is just the flesh is going to be burnt up. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So you'll receive a reward for that which you did for the Lord. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved Yet so is by fire. And so it's so important, you know, sometimes people, they, it might, might make them uncomfortable and they don't like this, but it's so important because if you can know ahead of time, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And then you can do something about it. So it's not too late. As we say, to hook up and, and to receive all that God has. But notice he says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so is by fire. And I said this earlier. There's going to be no reward for the most money that we made. There's no reward for being the best athlete. For accomplishing this or that. Only thing that matters is what we did that built the kingdom of God. So Here's the thing, people must say, well, you know, I'm not in the ministry. You don't, you're, you don't have to be in the ministry as a, you, every person that's saved is in the ministry. The ministry of reconciliation and the, and the ministry of making an impact. And so the thing we have to realize, and this is where people, they kind of um, disconnect. Everything that you do has to have kingdom significance. You can sweep a broom in the name of Jesus. You can work with kids in the name of Jesus. You can work on cars in the name of Jesus and do it with excellence. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 3 that whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. For of the Lord you shall receive the reward and inheritance. And God is no respecter of persons. So how does this start? It starts with everyday saying. Lord, all I have is yours. My mind, my body, my gifts, my graces, my talents, my pocketbook, my wallet. Use me, Lord. Show me how to be a part. And when you pray like that, he's going to answer a prayer. Why? Because we're supposed to be a kingdom builder. Not just the river church builder, but the kingdom builder. You know, a lot of people, they just have their own little denomination or they have their own little group. You know, don't come over here. Don't bother us. You know, we won't bother you. <laughs> but we're supposed to be together. I can fellowship with anybody that's born again. So we're kingdom builders. We have to begin to do what we know and what's available. A lot of times people saying, well, I don't know what to do. Does the church need help? Then that's something you can do. Or do we need ushers? Yes, that's something I can put my hand to. I say this, we need, we need help in the sound department. I'll train anybody. If you have a willing heart to do that, then come see me. <laughs> Amen. Every area of life, you have to be available. See, it's not the people with the most talent. It's the people that are available. What did the Lord say? Hey, go to the highways, go to the byways, go out and compel them to come in. He goes out to the guy that's sleeping under the bridge. He says, hey, the master's calling. Can you, can you come out? Yeah, let me look at my schedule here. Um, already went through the garbage. Um, let's take a nap. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, I can show up. Why? Because he's available what do we do? Just like David, with all our might, we serve the Lord. And so the Bible says that that many are called, few are chosen. We are called and we are chosen. So we use our talents to build the church. And so I I want you to look over in the book of Acts as we begin to commence to close. (laughs) Acts chapter 2. I I want you to see people that that don't know Jesus as building materials, that God wants to add to His church. But we said this over and over, that God wants to build His church. Look in Acts 2 verse 47. It says, well, verse 46 says, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So the church is being added to daily. What does that mean? That church is increasing in number. So like I said, don't just think about financial. What is does increase of the church look like? It means there's more people coming to church. It means there's more people that are have confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So we're talking about daily salvations. People added to the church daily. Skip over to chapter 6. I have about four more of these. Acts 6 verse 7. It says, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. What happened? The word of God increased in their life, and the number of disciples multiplied. They were built up. Look over uh, in chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. In verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. You know that word edified means built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. So they were built up, they were added to, and they were multiplied. Skip right over to Acts 15. In verse, look at verse uh, 41. Now this is talking about Paul and Silas before they strike out on this missionary journey. It says, and he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. We actually see this phrase several times where it says that they, they would go and confirm the churches. Well, that didn't mean they confirmed them through some class, it, it means they were edified, they were established and strengthened. So what, what that means is this, they were edified and they were built up. They were built up. And then just look down a few verses in, in 16, verse 5. Acts 16, verse 5. And so were the churches established in the faith, and they increased in number daily. they increased in number daily. The church should be added to daily and established in faith and increased in number daily. So what is the will of God for His church? You know, it's it's not the will of God that the church, I'm talking about not just this church, but any church, that it stays the same. Well, you know, we've been the same for 10 years and we had... We actually had 1,000, now we're down to 100. And God's just purging our church. That's not the will of God. What happened? You probably had a sour apple that needed to be kicked out. Amen. And so God's will is increase establishing faith and increasing a number. So, what do we need to do as a church? We need to increase in every area. Why? Because he's the God of increase. I shared this this morning with my wife. And this this definitely like takes out at least several uh, religious cows. Why? Because a lot of people believe this. They think that them being down and out. People think if they're down and out, if they're barely making it and they're they're not doing good that somehow that glorifies God more, it makes him look bigger. You ever seen people like that? What do people do with a job? They got to push somebody else down so it makes him look big. But, you know, God, he's a secure individual. What he wants to do is to elevate you and I as believers. Why? Because the Bible says that we would be exalted, but he's opposed to us exalting ourselves. But he wants his church exalted. Why? Because then they're going to be raised up and seen that they're, they're this light on a hill. Yeah. So I don't just get glory to God just by me being, you know, just have holes in my pocket, holes in my shoes. That doesn't glorify God more. Me being like that doesn't make me more humble or dependent upon God. I tell you what, when you get blessed, you have to be more dependent on God than ever. But what God wants to do is to elevate you, to raise you up, to bless you. And then people look at you and say, who is that? Oh, they're, they're um, so-and-so. They're the, a king's kid. Yeah. You know, it's like this. If you had this great shepherd, and especially in the days, even nowadays, you still have that, but different countries. But if you had this shepherd, and you heard, hey, he's a great shepherd. He's got, you know, a great flock. He's coming through the village, and you go out to meet him. And here he is, he's got this robe on, and he, he's high and mighty, you know. He's just all, like they said he was going to be. But then you look at his sheep, and they got broken limbs that weren't, you know, fixed. They have all these things. No matter how what you think about him, he's a poor shepherd. You can think all kind of things. He's a bad shepherd. Why? Because of the condition of his flock. Well, the Bible says that we are the flock of God. We are, he's the shepherd. We are the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. So God gets glory when his sheep are doing good. When his sheep are, are, are fed. Bye. They're just, they're, they're in the pasture. And they just, their belly's full. What's happening? You ever seen a cow when when they're not grazing and they're just, you you watch a bull, what's he doing? He's just barely moving his mouth about this speed. He's not concerned about anything. He's full. What makes us to lie down? Because we've been fed. Our our belly's full. He's watching over us. And then he said, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. So God doesn't get more glory to you. That's just religious thinking. That's just called doctrines of demons. That that God gets glory if I'm just like worn out and I'm just to a frazzle and, oh, but God, you get the glory. Well, he can't get the glory, but what if God raises you up to where you can fund whole crusades, where you can just pay for buildings? Lord, is that the offering you want me to give at all? Lord, what do you want me to do on that? I'm believing for this. I know our pastor in his church, he said this for many years, and you're seeing it come to pass more and more, that he's been believing that God is raising up 300 millionaires. I'll take three, but but I'm going to be one of them myself. And see... What is that for? It's for the work. It's the kingdom. I don't, I don't know of anyone more kingdom minded than, than my pastor. And, and, and people being saved. And the harvest. I mean, not even close. And just to see the things that they did in the last two years. The buildings that are going up. And the buildings that are going to go up. You know what that's for? For people, for souls, for the kingdom of God. Because you know why? When we leave the earth, we're not taking one stone of it. We're not taking one rock of it. We just use it now, be good stewards. That's why money is a terrible master, but a wonderful servant. Money is a servant. Hey, you go do this. You go work in the kingdom. You go do this. and you You, win. you help bring people in. That's why we don't love money. We just tell it what to do. We make it serve us. Amen. Amen. And as we do that, what's going to happen? The church is going to be built up. This place is going to be filled up. And then when the trumpet sounds, we're going to go up. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your mighty word. Lord, we just lift our voice and our Hands to you. We thank you, Lord, for the increase of the church. Lord, even as we shared, Lord, that it's not a selfish, carnal motive. But, Lord, we we keep our hearts right that everything that comes into our hands, Lord, will be filtered to the kingdom of God. Lord, that we have no selfish ambition. Lord, that we would all consecrate ourselves, Lord, to be the, the vessel that you want us to be. But Lord, we know that the church is to increase. Lord, that there's more people to be saved. There's more people to come into the kingdom. Lord, that this church is to have many outreaches. That Lord, that that we would go on TV. That when we go on radio. That Lord, we would send the gospel word out. (laughs) Lord, for the purpose of people hearing the gospel. Lord, that people would know. And we thank you that you're a big God. That you're able to do these things. And Father, we just thank you that we're here, we're willing, we're available. And we say, Lord, send me. Use me. Lord, use my life for the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.